gentlemen, would you share how it's going in your respective uh, congregations? I mean, you're just getting started. You're all in different stages uh, of the church planting ministry. Uh, before we get into this, and Kurt's going to go first. I just selected him. Uh, Kurt's new to the leadership of the 35 for 35. Uh, Father Sean McCain uh, transitioned out um, earlier this year, and for C4SO, uh, Father Kurt graciously stepped in, and so I'm quite grateful for that and appreciate his voice and experience on uh, with 35 for 35. So now you get to go. Well, uh, I'm pumped to be part of this. Yeah. So. Um, also, check out our website again. It's back up, and I'm the website master. So if there's anything that you want to see on there or you have good ideas, email me, please. Um, so I'm supposed to say what? Well, how's it? Yeah. Oh, how things are going. Yeah. So um, Father Steve Pope, um, along with Father Billy Dish, planted Light of Christ about, what, seven years ago now? It, first in Sun City, and then they moved out of Sun City after a few years into a um, theater, a movie theater. So I'll talk a little bit about that and how you yeah. can set up a movie theater, what, what's good about that, what's challenging, etc. But just recently, as of January 1st, we, we moved into a property in a strip mall that we're renting. So we have the space for 24-7. And so that I have an office uh, for the first time as a, as a rector. And it's a, it's, that's been really, really exciting um, because it does, it does expand what you're able to do. Um, things like the gospel procession, we were unable to do um, because of the movie, the way the movie theater is set up and, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of things like that. But, um, and just having a space, um, I feel like we've, it feels kind of like when I moved out from my parents to my own apartment, uh. right? <laughs> In a sense, it feels like you're moving into the neighborhood. And that was really the big push. The missional idea is that we've moved into the neighborhood. We're telling people by, I mean, it's a, it's a lot more pricey to be doing this, but what we're doing is telling people we're here, we're here to stay. Um, this is an investment. We're moving into the community. So it's a, it's a really exciting time. Excellent. Thanks, Kurt. Did you start? Um, January 1st. This was, yeah, this and when I moved place. in. Oh, oh when, did I, when did I start as, as right, record? Right. Oh, yeah. January 1st. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's been going on with us? Uh, a couple of years ago, we bought a property out on Evans Road in San Antonio. Um, uh, it was a, a mechanic shop attached to a house. Uh, so he lived in the house and there was a mechanic shop. So we converted the mechanic shop to our sanctuary. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job on it, uh, considering it was uh, just a couple of people like, hey, what do you think of that color? You know, and just, you know or what do you think of that uh, type of wood on the floor. We didn't know what we were doing, but God, God turned out uh, doing some great stuff there. Uh, we, uh, Supernaturally, was paid off in nine months. Praise the Lord. Um, and uh, if, if you're interested in that, I'll talk to you about that later. But um, uh, the good thing that's happening this week is we're getting uh, a parking lot, parking lot, uh, and not a, a Hill Country-esque parking lot. Uh, and that's another supernatural thing that's happened. Um, some of the good stuff that's happened lately, um, uh, we were able to buy a car for a missionary uh, at the end of the year. Uh, that He goes to Sri Lanka for half the year. Uh, and it was just, for me, it was, he, he had called me like the beginning of November and said, Scott, I need $12,000. And uh, I said, okay, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's pray and we'll see how much we can. So at the end of November, we, we cut one check, and uh, it was a little less than half. And then our congregation just stepped up, uh, and we were able to exceed what he asked for. And uh, he sent us a picture of the car. Uh, and so t- for me, that was just a very awesome time. Where is he? He is over all over Sri Lanka. He's kind of like the Billy Graham of Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. He's on the radio. Uh, his name is Desmond. Um, he, he's been a mentor of mine several years um this is an amazing man i got what's the asa there now three streams asa uh, you know if everyone shows we've got right. enough people to fill up the place yeah yeah into our overflow section um, you know we've had a lot of military guys and families we have um, we have uh, a lot of doctors and nurses um and san antonio is a very transient population yep. so every year to three years People Turnover. moving in and moving out, and that makes ministry pretty interesting. Um, and uh, 
So uh, what's interesting too is like we had a men's retreat last weekend and no Friday is normally my off day. And I'm there at nine o'clock in the morning, this white SUV pulls in and I'm like, oh great, you know, what's going on? It's nine o'clock in the morning. And these two people in their uh, upper 50s get out and they say, we're from um, Midland. We've heard about this church. We're moving here. Uh, we're looking at properties around mm. where the church is. And I was like, you've heard of us? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it was mind-blowing to me. Um, but, yeah, that's just some, some of the stuff that's been happening lately. It's, uh, it's been a whirlwind, actually. And you've been there how long now? I mean, how long have you – I mean, you started in um... – we, Shirts, but. we started we started weekly services in 2012 publicly. Um, we were meeting in Barb's house uh, before then. So we and I'll talk about that uh, when we get into stuff. But we started off uh, once a month in a home, twice a month in a home, and eventually twice in a, a home, and then twice in a rental space before we did our big kind of uh, public thing. How about you, Kurt? How about the ASA? I mean, you. Oh. Uh, we said we were about 80, 80 85 okay. on Sunday. Praise the Lord. All right, Perry. Um, <clears throat> I am the vicar at Good Shepherd in Dripping Springs, and if um, some of you are familiar with Dripping Springs, it's probably one of the fastest-growing communities around uh, the Austin area, along with up in Georgetown. It's just people can't move into Austin anymore, so they're moving to Kyle, Abuda, and Dripping Springs, and Wimberley, and all these other places. And so, uh, so I've been in Austin over 20 years, and um, Austin has doubled in size, just the city limits of the 20 years I've been there. Dripping Springs has probably quadrupled in size, and it's just exploding. And there aren't many uh, liturgical churches out there, and the two large demographics in Dripping Springs are young families who are moving out there uh, from the Austin area and retirees. A lot of retirees from around Texas move to Dripping Springs in the Wimberley area to be close to the hill country. And so... Um, uh, I've known people that have lived in Dripping Springs for probably five to eight years, and they were traveling into Austin to worship, and uh, it just God opened up space, and so I started going out to Dripping Springs and meeting uh, with some folks. Many of you may know them, Jim and Kaylin McNabb and a few others, and um, and it just kind of started from there, and, and we've all just had this this mindset of what's the Lord going to do among us? And so we just keep showing up and worshiping, loving on one another, caring for the community when opportunities arise. Uh, we started meeting in their home in the uh, spring of last year, around May, and we didn't have a name for the church. We called it something else, and, you know, I could talk about that later. I wish I would have done that, but we did that, and then I ended up having to change the name and then all mm -hmm. the state stuff that goes with that. So um, I felt really called for the church to be named by the people of the church, and so we just kind of cast lots put a bunch of names up on a, on a piece of paper, and, and I just said, you get three votes. And they voted three times, and I go, these made it, these didn't, and we voted once on those, and Good Shepherd Anglican Church, Dripping Springs, is mm -hmm. what the Holy Spirit rose to the top, and we just keep uh, living into the name that God's called us, and that's uh, to be the Good Shepherd's people in Dripping Springs. We started meeting um, weekly in September of last year. I just keep wanting to say this year, but last year. And um, we just start, we meet in a non-denominational church that has all the bells and whistles for the band up front. So it's just a very different space to live liturgically into. But, but, we're, but we're learning how to do that. And uh, the church, uh, Church of the Springs and Pastor Brent are just incredibly gracious to us. Um, and so we're quite grateful for that. So we're just, again, continuing to meet weekly. And uh, people are beginning to hear about us. Uh, Pastor Brent's telling me, because I'm, I'm a full-time school teacher uh, by day, so I don't get out to Dripping Springs very often. And uh, so Pastor Brent was telling me last week, like, ah, the other pastors in town start to talk about you. And I'm like, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you know, the Lord's doing good stuff, and, and we're quite grateful for that. And, again, um, the bishop gracious, graciously sent David my way, and I'm like, oh, thank you. So, anyway, pray for uh, Good Shepherd Dripping Springs, and also send people our way that you know yeah. in Dripping Springs. <clears throat> good. Thank you, brother. We have about 20... 25 people showing up on Sunday, Sunday evenings. We meet at 5 if you want to come show up. Now, the uh, leadership team thought that today we'd at least start with focusing on the liturgical space and all that. And so, uh, gentlemen, if you could share, you know, how, why you ended up where you ended up. I mean, you, uh, Scott, you know, you were in shirts. You moved down there. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and why you... Yeah. 
Yeah, originally. It's like an auto we were, shop. I mean, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> it's weird, right? Uh, so we originally were going to be planting uh, three streams in shirts. And um, for, I guess, about a year and a half or two, we just, we, it was a struggle. We just couldn't get any traction in shirts. And at that time, it was the fastest growing area in San Antonio. And uh, so through some prayer and discernment, uh, we moved across the highway, across 35 to Garden Ridge. We found this little neighborhood community center um, that had uh, swimming pools and tennis courts, workout facilities, and had a bar upstairs and had a, a kitchen kind of dining room area downstairs with a bunch of windows. And uh, so when we, when we went to weekly public worship, we, we started downstairs at that place, uh, and it was really beautiful, and there was a kitchen in the back, and you'd be preaching in the middle of the sermon, and these deer would walk up, and everyone would just ignore what you were saying, and they would just look out the window at these deer. And so that happened for a couple of years, and it was, it was great. It was great. Uh, one time, I remember, uh, it was Trinity Sunday, and Dr. Erica Moore from Trinity School for Ministry um, slowly was walking outside. Like, we had no idea she was coming. And thank God I wasn't preaching that day uh, because it, we had another priest at the time that went to Trinity. And the whole time he's reading the gospel and getting up there, I'm watching her walk by these windows. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's, it's Erica Moore. And sure enough, her whole family showed up and... Um, so it was, uh, the windows were great. Uh, they, they allowed a lot of light to come in, but the place got bought out, um, while we were renting there. And so it was sometime around 2014, they said, look, uh, you can't have the downstairs, uh, kitchen area, dining room area anymore, uh, every week. Uh, so we moved upstairs to this really dark, dodgy bar, uh, with like a disco light and oh. everything and it had a pool table and all kinds of stuff and these really like kind of like couches from the 70s uh, it was really weird literally from the 70s. yeah literally I think <laughs> it was from the 70s and so we we just we just pressed through um, and you know it, you know Anglicans love aesthetics and they love all this kind of stuff we're like you know what this is where God has called us uh, they gave us a, a good deal for uh, for rent um, but eventually we got to the point where in 2014, I think I'd raised like a hundred thousand dollars for the for the church, and a part of that hundred thousand was seed money for us to to go out and to find a place of our own. Because even though we were getting a good deal, it was like two hundred dollars a week just to rent this facility for a couple of hours. Right. Uh, I didn't have an office. I office right. to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. It was just ridiculous. And so we said, look, we're just going to seed money, see what God happens, and eventually we found where we where we are so and we transformed it uh yeah mechanic shop where wires were hanging uh from the ceiling and uh where the car lift was now is the altar and pulpit area so explain uh, explain that vision how did you get that was it simply that you had a place to buy uh, hey, so? all right so great question so <laughs> we originally we found another property and barb will tell you about this like uh we got, it was a couple acres, we got them down 50000 on the land. We were about to sign the dotted line. And the night before, our associate director at the time said that he'd talked to a contractor. And because we were within the city limits of San Antonio, what we originally thought would be twice, uh, for the budget of what we wanted right. to build, would be twice as much because of all these additional fees yep. and surveys and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I got on the phone with my junior warden. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, I don't think this is legit. I don't think we should do this. And he agreed. So then we had to tell the congregation that uh, we passed on this thing. And one Sunday after uh, worship, uh, the associate rector and I just went driving down Evans Road. And, and uh, I missed the property. He said, what do you think of that place? It was up for sale. And so we circled back and uh, through some friends of ours that were part-time realtors, we, we got the place, um, and two LLCs, um, basically bought the, the church for us or gave us, gave us money so we could buy the church. And then we had like a 3% interest, uh, to them for 30 years. So that was in August of 2015. We bought the place in November of 2015. 
the Houston LLC said, uh, we've forgiven all your debt. Praise the Lord. Uh, and the checks that you've written us from August, we never cashed them, so we them out on your end. And uh, so, like, half of our debt was gone within, what, two and a half months. So, of course, you know, it's, it's, mar- it's marvelous. It's miraculous. And so in, in December of 2015, we started remodeling the, uh, the mechanic shop that's now our sanctuary. And uh, that finished in February of 2016. And uh, so we, we started worshiping there. It's great, you know, to have a liturgical space where you can do what God's called you to do in terms of the Anglican tradition. And uh, in May of 2016, the other LLC wrote off the other half of our debt. So within nine months, all of our debt was wiped out. Because our philosophy was we'd rather be in debt to other Christians than to the bank. And the reason why we did that was because we were going to go through our bank. And because of the Great Recession back in 2007, 8, and 9, what used to be 3 to 4% for a church became 55 to 6% interest. Um, because all these churches foreclosed on their properties. So that really ticked off my vestry at the time when our bank told us that. And, uh, and I said, look, I've got to go up to Neshota for a couple of weeks to work on my doctorate. And I came back and they had formed this plan. So obviously they were listening to the Lord. All right, so some lessons out of that is we need to remember uh, when we're about to do something is to check permits, right? Yeah. Can't just do it. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, trust the Lord and, and you know, his provision there. And it's uh, good. Kurt? You guys, uh, at least when you got there, they were in the theater already. We were already in the movie theater, and actually, Phil was a big part of finding that. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, you know, the, the movie theater, you wouldn't think it would work well for worship, but we, I think we made it work really well. And there are some specific advantages to being in a movie theater. Um, one, it's inexpensive. Um, two, everyone knows where it is. And that's a huge yes, thing. And, and movie theaters are normally um, situated in places that are easy to, to find. Parking's not an issue. Um, and so if I ever talk to somebody, I said, you know, we're light of Christ and we meet at such and such movie theater, they know exactly and remember that and be able to, to find it and show up and it, that, would, that would be fine. Um, obviously, there are some challenges with the movie theater. Um, when I got there, the, 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 the screen, there was a projector also in the movie theater. Um, so the projector was able to project to the screen. Now, originally, um, the whole liturgy was being projected. But one of the things that I did is I took, took all of that and put it on the bulletin and instead projected an icon to the back. And I think that that really shifted the, the feeling of the space. Um, and you can do some things with banners, but that's pretty much about it. Um, the, uh, but I do think that the icon and projecting it, and then also, you know, tr- even though it is a movie theater and you come in on Sunday and you see that it has been playing um, last night in the space, um, actually prayer is really important. We had, a, we had a team of people that would pray um, before services on Sunday, walking, walking the aisles and praying. Yep. Um, but also, I think a lot of it is, is when, you're, when you're praying the liturgy, doing it in a way that is sacred, that feels sacred. And, and making sure that you're putting yourself into what you're doing. And I think that makes up for, for a lot. Now, I have to confess that, especially towards the end of our time there, about three years, I don't think they really ever fully cleaned that place. So it was getting dirtier and dirtier. And that, well, that was an issue because in the yeah. middle of some sermons, you know, it's never nice to, like, step on something yeah. gooey. Yeah. <laughs> not, know, not know what it is. It kind of messes with your flow. Um, and what did you do for child care there? I mean, that's a somewhat unique. Oh, well, um, actually, one of the, also one of the benefits of meeting in, a, in that space was that we had access to multiple theaters in this movie theater. So we used one for child care. Um, and, and then also, we would pick a movie theater that fit the amount of people that were coming. So when we started, it was a movie theater that fit like 80 or something like that. But by the time we were done, we were in the biggest movie theater there. So we sort of expanded as we could change movie theaters up as, cool. as we grew, which was an unforeseen uh, advantage to that situation. So, All right. Well, we want to come back to a little bit of that. Um, how about you, Perry? Um, well, I, I've known Pastor Brent for a long time, probably 12 years. And so when I chatted with him about the potential of, 
us planting a church, he was he was all for it, and so we just needed to figure some things out. And so when we when I and some others went into that space, it's a non-liturgical space. It's um, you know it's got all kinds of things written on the front, and then you know all the worship stuff, Bam. drum cage. Yeah speakers everything is just right there in the front and so you know you just got at the space that we had but what was really cool is off to one side he's got a, a crucifix huge crucifix with jesus on it and then on the other side it's just this beautiful cross that's made out of wood from the hill country cedar and it's just and then all these words of for god good shepherd mm-hmm. um king of kings lord of lords all these words are up high right in the middle is the screen and so, um, and so how we lived into that was we just basically just used the front four or five rows in the middle. And we do process in because one of the things that I wanted us to have a feel for begin as a new church is this really reverent worship that begins with the first hymn and the processing of the cross and the gospel into this space. And then also how the table looks. So we, we take the first row out and we create this space for a table and we put risers on the table so the table's higher candles and uh all of that and we're still experimenting with what to do with that space and how to do that um so nothing's set in stone we changed candles we're about to change times um uh, but the but the thing that really changes that space for us is what we project on the screen i project an icon of the good shepherd so it's the one you probably know with jesus is carrying the sheep and it just constantly flows through our PowerPoint. And, uh, and then I have a worship booklet that we work off of uh, that doesn't have the songs in it. So mainly what's projected is the songs that we sing, not the liturgy. The liturgy's in the booklet. Um, and so, so that's how we do it. And uh, so we're working off both the screen and, uh, and a worship booklet. Because I have a high value for the prayer book. When I became an Anglican, one of the things that was really interesting that I heard is that we are a people of two books. The Bible and the prayer book. But I spent uh, six years in an Episcopal church, and I never never used the prayer book. Mm-hmm. It was all projected on screen in church plant that I was in. And so it just, I never really got familiar with the prayer book. And then um, at Resurrection, for as long as I was there, we, our people need to be a people of two books. And if they can't hold the book, touch the book, use the book, then why is that book valuable to us? And so... I want to catechize, teach our people, form our folks to know how to handle the prayer book. Uh, but right now in the ACNA, we still got six months mm-hmm. before we get that thing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do in the meantime? Mm-hmm. So that's where we are uh, with that. Okay, so you've all been renting or had been. Yep. You're not renting anymore. You have your space. So what's the advantage to that for you from having been uh, rental? I think there would be myriads, or, or we, we wouldn't do it. There's not as many distractions uh, <clears throat> on Sundays. Uh, I, I can get there early. I can pray. I can, um, you know, uh, edit sermons uh, instead of sitting up chairs. Uh, things like that. Uh, it allows me to get, in, for lack of better terminology, in the zone mm-hmm. for what God has called me to do um, that day. And uh, so, I, yeah, I just it's... You know, because with set up and take down, there's a lot of physical capital that you're moving around. And that's what we had to do um, for, you know, three and a half mm-hmm. years, I guess, um, when we were renting. And uh, to not do that, to come in and just worship the Lord, to get focused is a huge, huge shift. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was life-giving for me. Okay, so, Kurt, you are still renting, but you've gone from a theater, which Sounds like it had some advantages yeah. to a strip mall. And so what's the, uh, the reasoning for making that shift? Uh, yeah, so, well, the reasoning is that when you don't have a facility, um, it's difficult to do anything except your Sunday morning uh, worship. And so really the biggest, I think the biggest driver is wanting a place where we could do ministry out of um, during the week. And one of the examples of this is this summer, uh, we have a very talented music director, and he loves to work with children. And so we're going to do a music camp and try to market that to our local community um, there and the kids there and try to get at least 25 kids in and do a music camp over the summer. So that sort of thing would have been very, very difficult to do without a space um, that we had the whole time. But I think that's, that's the number one driver, I think, too. And, and then also, it, like you said, it does help 
with, with setup. You, you, I mean, this is one thing I would say, if you're looking for a space, think about how much time is it going to take me to set this up? Because you don't want to burn out all of your volunteers with just setup and teardown. One of the good things about the movie theater was that we did not have to set up the chairs. Yes, that's big. Okay, so that was a really, really big plus. You were with us when we were setting up, right? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So really think about that um, and try to keep it simple. I, I try to live by that, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, I mean, and the stupid is this. But, but yeah, keep it simple and think about what it'll do. But I think, like, like you said, having that space, um, and it's easier to create sort of that sacred space, too, once you have a place that's 24-7. Okay, so when you're renting a place... Uh, that's, I mean, you get full-time use now. Yes, that's uh, correct. But, you know, think back, you too, okay, rental space, you're still in that. Uh, it's not your own place. Uh, what do you do, you know, during the week, for instance? I mean, we have Holy Week. We have occasions like that where uh, during the middle of the week we could use some worship space. What, what did you do about all that? At, at this time, um Pastor Brent allows me, we just coordinate schedules. So we're doing an Ash Wednesday service at his um, at Church of the Springs, but we're moving to a, new, a different space to do that service because they use the building on Wednesday as well, and so we'll, we'll just coordinate that. So we'll probably have a, a joint potluck as well, which, uh, you know, why do you potluck on Ash Wednesday? <laughs> but anyway. Um, <laughs> you got to be flexible. <laughs> So we'll do, we'll do that. And then I do, whenever I need access to the building, Saturday, Friday, whatever, um, I have access to that. That's part of our agreement. So we will do a good Friday service there during Holy Week, but we won't do a Monday, Thursday. But we may partner with them for like a, a Seder meal mm. type thing on Thursday as well. So that's what we're doing. How about you guys? Um, the library, our local library is fantastic. And it was a great resource because they would have rooms that we could actually rent at, at like for 40 bucks or something like that, like ridiculously low. Yeah, that's great. Um, and so we, we would normally do that um, during those midweek services that we needed to find a place. We, uh, we did things uh, kind of in a variety of ways. Sometimes we would do like Ash Wednesday in, in the houses. And sometimes we would do like Good Friday at someone's property in the backyard with a big cross. Um, Sometimes we would go and we would look at our, our other sister churches in the area and we'd say, what are you guys doing for Ash Wednesday? What are you doing for Holy Week? And they had a different rental space. And so if they had something planned, we just partnered up with them instead of trying to reinvent the wheel. Huh. And that way it, it became about, hey, Anglicanism mm-hmm. locally is bigger than just our own individual congregation. We are, we are a community. Uh, we're a family. That's, I think, steps like that have been helpful for us down in San Antonio. I'll just throw in, for us, we, we partnered with uh, other liturgical uh, churches in the area. So we would do Ash Wednesday with the Lutherans. Uh, when we did a Seder meal, uh, we met with, uh, we teamed up with and invited to participate with us in their space, a vineyard fellowship. I mean, so there's things like that to, to do as well. So it uh, built, built some... Uh, the fellowship in the community as well, but uh, but you got to be creative. Yeah. Um, and so, how were, how did you get the word out where you are? I mean, you know, you were uh, Scott, me- you know, meeting in um, you know not a place you'd necessarily expect a church to be. Right. And right, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. We were we were a hidden uh, we were in a hidden area. Uh, so the the way we got it out was, um, I mean, we had we had signs, obviously. Um, we had our website. If you were looking for an Anglican church, you could find us. Uh, but the biggest thing was word of mouth and connected to the local Starbucks in our area. Um, because basically, uh, when we hit the ground running, I was landscaping and raising money uh, for the church. My wife worked at Starbucks in shirts, and we just did like a, a five to ten mile radius around there, and that was our target area, and everyone came to that Starbucks for coffee. Government officials, police, EMS, business people. I officed out of there, obviously, when I wasn't landscaping. <laughs> uh, our associate rector worked there. Um, uh, and probably at one time, almost half of uh, the people that worked at that Starbucks were connected to our church. So that's, re- that's, really, how, that's really how I think God worked 
and how we how God built that church um, because it uh, you know the not a, a whole lot of Episcopalians came with us. I think right. we had three. Yeah. Um, and we were reaching de church and unchurched people. Um, and, you know, that's tough. That's a different, that's playing a different game than a lot of these church planning methodologies where, you know, you go big or you go home. We weren't playing that game. We went a different route. And that route, I think, has made all the difference. Why? What, what about that? Well, because it, we played to our strengths. Um, as Anglicans, because the whole point um, of Anglican ethos is you're a family. And I think that's why our success rate as Anglicans for church planning has been higher than what uh, just it is in, you know, General. across the denominations, because we are family. There's something about the way we worship together, the way we do life together, um, that it speaks of community. And yeah, maybe most of our churches aren't the pastoral size or the program programmatic sizes, but what we have is family-sized churches everywhere across our province, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you look at Jesus's ministry, most of it was with 12 to 72 people, and, uh, you know, I think right now the average ASA, uh, from what I was told by a canon in ACNA, is 40 to 60. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a year or two old in data. I mean, it may be more now, but uh, my point is this, Jesus had 12 to 72 got people, uh, not just guys, he had women too, obviously, um, and, uh, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So play to our strengths, community, family, formation, um, and letting, allowing patience for God to do what he wants to do. Yeah, of course, being at that size, uh, while it presents for great fellowship, makes it harder to acquire your own property and right. things like that. What size did you get to? by the time you felt like, okay, we need to do something different here? You know what? That's a great question. I can't remember. It wasn't as much as we got had about size. It was more what we, the, the previous question that we just talked about. It yeah. was ridiculous that we were spending 1000 to $1,200 a month for just a couple hours a week. Right. When we, if we bought a place, we'd be paying that, maybe a little bit more, more. with insurance and all that kind of stuff. For yep. Like 1600 Yep. And like, we're like, this is stupid. Why are we, yeah. this is bad stewardship. Yep. Uh, so that's why we ended up doing yeah. what we did. And it, like Kurt was saying, it allowed us to, have to do ministry uh, out of a particular space and place. Um, and we also do stuff in the community. Like we, our men's groups meet uh, at various restaurants and things like that. And so do our women. Uh, we don't just meet at the church. We're trying to be missional and in the communities, but also do stuff uh, at the, the parish. Okay, what about you, Kurt, and Perry? What? Um, I'd say that most people would find out either by word of mouth or from the website. And that is one of the, the game changers, because if you have a nice website, uh, people, that's your first impression. It really isn't your building. Right. I, I think very few people are looking at a building and coming in anymore. Really, your front door is your website. So if that looks really good, uh, people are more than willing to come to a movie theater. So it's, that's something to keep in mind. Um, one other thing that we're doing that kind of has lowered the cost of our move into this rental space is that we sublet it um, to a church that meets on Saturday. Um, and so that's something you might want to think about, too. Um, it's, so far, it's been working well. Okay, Perry? What's the question? Uh, how are you getting the word out? Oh, for us, the word's going out mainly word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And, um, and through our website, we're about to get an article published in the uh, Dripping Springs paper um, that I'm helping write along with a couple of other people and a, and a reporter, a journalist from, um, from the Dripping Springs paper that will also go in the Wimberley paper because it's Wimberley and Dripping Springs are not that far apart. So, um, so we're starting to do that. And, and because I'm bivocational, I've been trying to just move at a pace that I can handle and not a pace that sometimes necessarily the people of my parish want to go. And, um, and also the pace that the church planting world would say you need to go. That pace will burn me out in about 18 months. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just living into that. So the word of mouth thing is mainly just our word of mouth and, and website is what we're doing now. Facebook, we have a page on Facebook. And so a lot of people have found us from there. Um, so that's it for us. Okay, one other, back to liturgical space. One other thing, and then I'll see if you all have some questions for them. Um, 
when you set up for Eucharist, uh, what did you do about that? I mean, that pre- I mean, they didn't have a holy table there for you, I presume. So, you know, what did you do about that? So uh, we did what any good Texan would do. We went to Costco. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we got one of those little uh, tiny tables, and uh, uh, it... it you know, it wasn't it wasn't great, but when you're sitting up and taking down, it was light. We could put all the all the linens on it. You wouldn't even know it was a Costco table, um, and that's how we rolled for goodness gracious, I guess three and a half years or more. And now that that altar uh, is uh, right when you walk into the sanctuary doors, it's the back table. Yeah, <laughs> with all of our greeting stuff on it. So it's still there. Still useful. And for yes. those who remember, they know what it is. But yeah, it's very sacred. It's yeah, a very yeah. sacred table, man. You can't, yeah, you can't get rid of it. It's Costco. How about you, Kurt? Uh, so before I got there, there was already what would you call it, Father Steve? Like, yeah. it was a home bar in Billy's house that someone put coasters on, or something. Oh, it already had wheels on it. Yeah. So basically, you can use pretty much whatever as long as you drape the linens appropriately. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. Perry? Um, because of how non-denom spaces are set up, um, there is no altar. Right. I mean, there is no table that's, that's present, that uh, has a powerful presence. Um, so we got a borrowed table, not even a Costco table. We set it up, but we put it on like 10-inch risers. And so it's up higher, and we completely cover it in linens, and then, you know, it's set up. As soon as you walk in, you see it, and it's in front of the um, the space where all the musical equipment is. It's there all the time? All the time. Oh, that's cool. No, uh, no, no. The altar is not there all the oh, time. We okay. set it up on Sunday evenings. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I want to interject on ours. It's kind of unusual. We had a parishioner uh, make a frame out of PVC and, and put uh, wood on, on top, you know, just a plywood type thing and we we draped over uh some linen cloth and we changed the color of the the linens that way so uh, you can be creative you know and it was a great season of our life you know doing that so i i think there's a huge blessing in not having a space yeah you know it does force you to do things in in your home in other people's homes having people over um and then there's just a a really um a palpable sense of of mission you know, yeah. there's no sense in which you've arrived, yeah. which I think is, is good and healthy. We're in the wilderness. Yeah, we're, we are on mission, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you seen our altar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It taught us to keep the main thing the main thing. All right, you saints, you have any uh, questions for... Uh, yeah, John? Um, so one of the huge benefits is that um, if you wear your collar all the time, which mm. you should when you're out, is um, people see you. And you get to know people and get to know people by name and become sort of a fixture in that you know, left corner of the coffee shop. People know you're there. So that's very helpful. Um, it, the, the problem, though, is that you can't, it's really, you can't do office hours. Mm-hmm. You're by appointment only. Um, and and it, there's no sense of anything being confidential, confidential in that space, which is a big problem because, like, where do you find then a space if you would like to do confession and absolution or something like that where you really do need uh, more, you know, more privacy? For me, um, it was all about building relationships. I mean, that's why uh, – and I still have those relationships. And uh, it was hard to study. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there because of all the people coming in and, you know, people would be coming off and taking a break. and, and But that's why I was there, too, at the right. same time. You right. know? Uh, but the perk was I got free coffee all the time. <laughs> like, it was amazing. Like, uh, uh, you were so caffeinated. I was so caffeinated. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, but, you know, I, I loved it. I, I, I think had I not done that, I wouldn't have been able to meet uh, a lot of the people that I met. Um, and uh, it, really, it really was formational uh, in the early years of our church for me just doing that because 
not just that I officed there, but my wife worked there, our associate director worked there, uh, one of our uh, vestry people worked there, uh, and even uh, the manager there was one of the realtors that found our property, that where we are now. You see how like God uses yep. all this relational capital that you're just building on and building on and building on. Um, it's good stuff. Perry? Rob? Did you have anything to add to that? Out of my uh, kitchen table. Yep. <laughs> well, luckily we kicked the kids out a long time ago, so it's just the wife. And she... <laughs> so you had a question, yeah. I, if I had the time, I would love to do that, but I live in South Austin, Church Dripping Springs, and I teach out by the airport. Um, but one of the things that I would want to experiment with because of it's being morning prayer and it doesn't have to be led by a priest is to start that in the summer when I do have the time and see who God raises up to continue that ministry in the community right. that doesn't need me. And so that's the stuff I'm willing to experiment with if that makes sense, mm -hmm. rather than it start and it's just, it's got to happen. If it can't happen all the time, then don't start it. I don't think like that anymore. Let's kind of throw some holy mud on the wall and see what sticks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's good. And I think morning prayer in a community is very, it, it's, it's divine and cool stuff happens there. So Phil. Right. Um, no, I, I'm not. In fact, there's been a great new coffee shop that's come into town, 309. I would recommend it. But I no. never abandon coffee. <laughs> so, therefore, I'm always at the coffee shop. Yeah. Yes. That's good. You need these guys to answer about prayer. I, I would like to hear. Yeah. Uh, we're so new in this space yet, and like it's been a little bit of a, like you said, whirlwind. Someone used that term. That uh, we, we haven't gotten there yet. But I think that's something I would love to do in that space. We have a morning prayer service at 9, um, and, uh, and we have our intercessors that meet at 9 as well. Uh, and then we have our Holy Communion service at 10, and then Christian education after that. So, um, and that's, that's, at, that's on Sundays. Uh, throughout the week, uh, we have people that do do uh, the offices in our church. Uh, probably, probably, a th I would say a third of our community probably does the offices, but at home in their homes, but not, yeah. 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 Right. Well, because our church is uh, San Antonio, as you know, yeah. is a mixed bag. It's different than Austin. It's different from the mid cities. Um, there's challenges there that, uh, I mean, every, every area in 35 or 35 has its unique challenges, but San Antonio <laughs> has some interesting ones. And you're not in the neighborhood. Right. Right, and, and where we are, they're about to expand over the next couple of years. It's going to be five lanes. So, so our property five? is going to be like right there, and it's going to be even more traffic coming down that road. So uh, we didn't know that when we bought it. Again, this was all God, but uh, that's what's coming. Any other questions? Yeah, I, I think for me, uh, I was part of a church plant in the uh, uh, before I was a, a, a priest in a, a Presbyterian denomination, and um, there was a big problem, and I think it ultimately failed because of two things. One, the the rector was not in the community; mm. he was like thirty or forty minutes away, mm. um, and then the places that they chose to meet were invisible hard to find almost even if you knew that you even if you were trying to get there it was hard to get there um and so i saw that and so i came in then with just a really strong desire 
to myself be moved into the community. And so I think moving into the community didn't start with actually this rental of the building, but it started with choosing where I was going to rent my first apartment. I, I wanted it to be in town. And then when, when we looked to buy a house a little over a year ago, it was, we said, no, we're, we're, gonna, we're going to look and we're going to make the sacrifices to be um, in the town. And so, um, thankfully, you know, I ride, I'm able to ride my bike to where we, Praise the Lord. yeah, to where we meet. Um, and I think just, it, it allows then more for my just daily life to be in the community that I'm serving. And I don't think you can, you can't manuf that's not something you can manufacture, that sort of organic uh, presence. Our, uh, our original vision was to be a church of churches. Um, so we, we, we planted with the missional community model, um, which is obviously a way different than, you know, this big launch kind of momentum. So um, talk about getting into the neighborhood. So we have um, what we call family groups, which are basically Oikos communities, uh, extended family. And so within each family group, then you have people that would show up on Sunday right, that are the faithful, committed, and in those family groups, you also have people that will never probably uh, step foot in church, but yet they're connected to the local bodies through those local neighborhood groups. And it's our way of being ambassadors and missionaries to those specific areas of San Antonio, because it, San Antonio is, is the seventh largest city in the country. It is extremely large in landmass. Um, and so basically we're trying to be just uh, colonies of the kingdom in these little parts of um, the city. And yet these little, part, these little colonies of heaven are connected to, all connected to each other and, and gather um, on Sunday for celebration. But each, each, uh, each family group, John, operates in this quarterly rhythm of up, in, and out. So when they meet uh, one month, it's, it's primarily focused on they'll have a meal They'll pray, they'll worship, they'll read a passage of scripture and go over it. The next month they may do in, which is they'll have a, they'll have a fun event and invite people in. And then, and then the next month they'll do an out event, which is they'll serve somebody in their local geography as a community, as a family group. Does that make sense? Up in and out, simple, reproducible missionary. Good stuff. Because I'm... Um 30 minutes away from Dripping Springs, where I live in South Austin, um, the way we do the neighborhood thing is all the people that worship with us are from Dripping Springs. I'm the only one that just drives a great distance to get there. Um, and so I put a lot of emphasis on uh, being in the neighborhood. We have a pastorate that meets in one of the homes of our, uh, one of our members, and there's probably 20 people show up for that. Uh, every other Wednesday, I have a pastor that meets at my home in South Austin. People show up to. Uh, but then when I get time off, like in the summer, I will intentionally go into Dripping Springs with the collar on to Starbucks and those places and just do that as I'm able rather than trying to force that in my schedule and who I am and my space. Um, we'll just let it come to me. And so that's how I will do that once we um, once we get um, once I get to the summer. Excellent. You know, I've got it being about lunchtime. We can have one more question. In fact, if you'll uh, ask that, you answer, and I'll go check. Okay. <laughs> All right. I transitioned into education about six years ago for the, for the sole reason that God didn't call me out of Austin. Um, I have a lot of relational capital in Austin, lots of churches. I've been here a long time. And when it came time to make a transition, I didn't feel called out of the city. I felt called to do something different, to have an income that also had a purpose in my life that got me out of bed. And so I went into education, specifically wanting to teach in uh, Title I schools, East Austin type area. And so... Um, but that also leaves me this freedom to have summers off. Uh, pretty, pretty. Um, one last thing before we get called out to lunch. Um, I wanted to, I brought some of the bulletins that we've put together, and uh, I wanted to offer you, um, we, we, I put together um, a bulletin using a free 
uh, software called uh, Scribus, S-C-R-I-B-U-S. And if you'd like the file, um, if you're starting something and you'd like to, to maybe use that as a starting point for your bulletin, um, I can get you that information too. Excellent. Yes. I just want to say one more thing before we leave. Uh, the bishop talked about it earlier. Um, one of our core values as 35 for 35 is friendship for the sake of mission. And um, we want to be your friends and your friends' friends as we continue to um, do what the Lord's called us to do in planting churches in this area, South Central Texas, I-35 corridor, wherever that's going. So one of the things we're going to do after lunch and during lunch is just talk about what kind of works are happening, what is happening in this area. Uh, that people may not be represented at this um, gathering, but there's cool stuff going on mm-hmm. in South Central Texas, all the way up the I-35 corridor. And so we're going to hear about some of those works and things like that. So can all right. I pray? Uh, let me make an announcement first. So thanks for sharing what we're coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the uh, fellowship halls where we'll be serving lunch. Uh, the ladies who've been part of the uh, ministry of making the tamales, etc. Are already serving themselves, so by the time we get in there, uh, we should be able to just get in line. For those um, who were not wanting to, again, it's $10 for the uh, taco plate, uh, what all was with that. Um, and then we ordered uh, a couple large pizzas if you were not interested in the uh, taco. And I know there was a couple folks who were not interested. So that's on uh, one of the tables that as you go in the doors, it's to your left and you'll see, I think it's Pizza Hut probably or something like that. We just had them breaking in. So. Are we eating in the fellowship hall? Or yes. Are we eating in the uh, I think we can um, we can eat in the fellowship hall. Okay. Uh, there's plenty of tables set up so just let's just do that. Keep it simple. Alright? Yeah. Lord be with you. Oh, yeah, let's stand. That's good, April. Let's stand. <laughs> Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, this this space and place to to gather together. Thank you for the provision of it, uh, and uh, Lord, we thank you for each other and and the work that you're doing in our lives, and uh, for these uh, three gentlemen as they've been stepping out in faith to uh, pastor these church plants. We thank you for the good work that you've done there and the things that we can learn and. Pray, Lord, as we establish these friendships that we'll be more and more comfortable to pick up the phone or send an email and, and uh, ask each other what they're doing and, and just share with one another uh, that we know we're not walking in this mission by ourselves, but uh, with your Holy Spirit and with one another. Uh, so may our hearts be encouraged, Lord, in the mission that you've given us. And now, Lord, as we're about to partake of this meal, we thank you for uh, the providence of uh, the preparation of it. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the food and ask that you strengthen our bodies by means of it. In Jesus' name, we give thanks and praise. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brother Chuck. You bet. Thanks.